if you've noticed, but we're not in the old place. So this must be next month. Amen. So here we are, and it's cool because we now have a contractor. Dude, that's huge because that, that, that means that people who don't know what they're doing can stop. <laughs> Thank God for that. Amen. So uh, at the top of your prayer list, you might put G2 Construction. And uh, they're going to be our contractors, and there's a whole slew of subcontractors that will be coming in and going through the building, which means we have to, we have, we, now we've we got to get real fluid. Because, you know, they, they can come to us and say, hey, we, you know, we, we're going to need this room because there's work to do in, in this area, you know. And they, they, can, they can roll up and say, okay, you know, going to need this stuff done. Just, just get in. And, and, and uh, you know, the best way to cope with change is to help create it. Uh, so just be a part of the force, amen. It's kind of all hands on deck. You might have thought you were on a cruise ship. This is a battleship. Amen. Ain't nobody going to be bringing you a little drink with an umbrella in it, not just right now. So uh, you, you might as well get your gear on, tighten up the boots, and, and let's get ready to go to work. Amen? There's lots of crazy stuff, good things taking place. Uh, and it's just going to go nuts. I think in the next few months, it's just going to be a blur. So, you know, buckle up, Betty. Amen. Don't, don't, don't let little things, you know, fuzz you up. You know, uh, uh, we had a cat for 20-some years. How old was Chloe? 22 years when Chloe died. Oh. <laughs> Never did like that cat. <laughs> I'm not a cat guy. You know, Shelby, she's brought home this kitten, and 20-some years later, it's still there. And that cat... Anytime it saw Keith, it would just hair would just you know cat would get fuzzed up immediately, and it was just fun to watch. And if you see me standing in the hallway looking at you with a funny grin on my face, it could be because you just got all fuzzed up. You're fun to watch, because you know. Uh, well, I, I just can't believe that. Well, it won't matter in a couple of weeks. Some of the stuff that's really irritating won't be here in a little while. This is the children's wing. <laughs> So it's okay. We leave them with some rattles. Amen. Well, don't they have rattles in the nursery? Well, where's our water? Come early. We, we used to get a bottle of water. You don't need to bottle forever. Amen. Let your neighbor say, he's talking to you right now. I'm sure of it. Tell him. What about coffee? We'd love to buy you a cup of coffee. Just come a few minutes early, grab a cup, right over there. And uh, when, when they cover it up, quit tackling the people. And they, they, have, they have job assignments, and they're supposed to put it away at a certain time. Don't get mad at them because they're walking in obedience and you're slothful. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm preaching good now. Mm. Well... I had a lot of people say that they'd really love to help, but what can I do? What can I do? I just think to myself, write a check. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm just constantly thinking, uh, just write, write, write more checks. Let's pay for this stuff. Uh, it's amazing because uh, God has been so good. God has been so good. I mean, uh, you know, I hope you've taken time just to kind of walk across the property, look around, hang out on the back patio and pray and, and just look at what the Lord, this is the Lord's doing. 
and it's marvelous in our sight. Amen. I think, I think we ought to give God one more hand tonight. Just thank him. Amen. Oh, come on. Let him hear you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. We've been talking about, you know, just the journey that we're in with God and, and in life in, in general. You know, if you're going to travel with God, I think sometimes we act shocked when storms hit and, and when uh, things get hard and, and you know, and, and people getting on your nerves. And, well, I can't believe they're Christians. Oh, believe it. Christians are irritating. It's just, just part of our gifting, you know, and, and uh, you know, but it's also part of our growth process. Part, you know, you know when, when uh, I, I'm, uh, I have all of these different thoughts going through my mind, I don't know if I'll actually get to my notes. Uh, but one, one of the things that happened in the garden when God was looking at Adam, and, you know, Adam's created in the image and in the likeness of God, man, he's like the spitting image. But he ain't acting that way. You know, and, and, and God's looking at him, and, and uh, you know, everything, everything is there and everything's in existence, but, but all of a sudden the, there's a revelation that everything's about Adam, and, and, but God ain't like that. See, God is good. Isn't God good? All the time and all the time. People, you can go anywhere in the world and say, isn't God good? And they'll say, all the time. What's funny is that most people don't know what the meaning of the word good means. They think, well, God's good. That means he's nice. No, that's not what it means. Well, the word good means something that gives of itself for the betterment of its environment. You know, if you go through the creation process and look at everything that God created, and at the end he said it is good. He created the sun. It's good. Why? Because it gives of itself for the betterment of his environment. Ask any scientist, they'll tell you that the sun's getting smaller and smaller all the time. Why? Because it's giving of itself. And God is a good God. You get God involved, and, and, and the environment is just going to begin to change. But the problem was is that Adam was made in the image and likeness of God, but when God looked at him, he said, it is not good that man's alone. And so Adam had an issue, uh, uh, an internal issue. And so God, you know, when, when God took out of Adam and brought forth Eve, he didn't bring something he didn't already have. He just brought it to him in a, in a fashion so he could see it. But, but he brought Eve onto the scene to bring the issue that was in Adam to the surface. Hello? You ever wonder how come it's so hard to get along with your spouse? They make me mad. We can't make you anything. <laughs> Pastor made me mad. I can't make you mad. If, if, if you are mad, then mad's coming to the surface. Right? It's in you already. I, I might have a gift to bring it out. Not just flowing in my gift. But, uh, you know, because if I could make you anything, I'd make you tithe. Think about that. Uh, You know, I'd make you nice. But but the relational thing, you know, anytime you're going to do anything greater in life, it's going to require greater relationships. And and you're going to get around people that, uh, you know, all the people going up and down the street right now, you know, we don't, you know, where are they going? Who cares? As long as they get out our way. You know, you try to, you know, traffic sometimes can be so crazy. And what about all those people? And and, and they can have all kinds of weird stuff in their life. It doesn't bother us at all until we're in relationship with them. And then we start looking at all the weird stuff. that Well, that stuff's just, that relationship is just bringing stuff in you to the surface so you can deal with it. God wants you to grow. 
Amen. He, he, he wants us, you know, according to Philippians 2, uh, uh, he wants us to agree with each other, love one another, be deep-spirited friends. You know, you, you're probably, if we do this thing right, you're going to come into a service and somebody's going to be sitting in your chair. Well, that's my chair. Well, love one another. You know, love thy neighbor. Scoot in, make room for more. You know, uh, uh, well, yeah, but I don't know if I like them. They're pretty sure they don't like you either, but just sit. You know, and just, and just let that stuff, you know, as it's coming to the surface, it's crazy. Because it, we, we, in the middle of, of miraculous provision, we can find stuff we don't like. And we get under the impression that God sent Jesus to the earth to, you know, to, to be born of a virgin, to live a perfect life, to be beaten and, and spat upon and nailed to a tree so he could die and go to the grave and be raised from the dead three days later so we could enjoy a sporting event. His plan's a little bit bigger than you liking everything. And his plan's going to require that you and I grow through everything. Amen? Let me just tell you this tonight, that God, God has a will for your life. Okay? You just, God has a will. If, you're, if you want to write notes tonight, write this down. One, God has a will for my life. The second thing you need to understand is that Jesus has a word for your life. And the third thing is, is that spirit has a way for your life. Okay, God's got a will. And he's got a plan. You know, Jeremiah 29, 11, have you heard that before? I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not harm you. Plans to give you hope. Plans to give you future. God's got a future. God's, God's got some stuff, you know, uh, prearranged and made ready in advance for you. Jeremiah 1, 5, he said, before, before I formed you, I knew you. And, and, and I've sanctified you, and I've ordained you, and God, God had a dream about the future. He saw where you fit. He started shaping you to be the unique individual that would fit there, and he's empowered you with his spirit, with the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead has now quickened your mortal body. And you've been equipped by God to fulfill his dream for your life. God, God has a will for your life. I'm telling you, God has a will for your life. Romans 12, 2 says, don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind so you can prove that the will of God is good, acceptable, and perfect. You know, in the Amplified, it says, so you can prove to yourself. You, you, need to, you need to get your heart and mind wrapped around the reality, around the truth, that God's will for my life is good. He's not trying to rip me off. He's not trying to keep the best from me. He's trying to get the best to me. A lot of times we act like if we did life God's way that we'd end up missing out on something. And I'm here tonight to tell you that, no, that's just a lie from the pit of hell, that God's will for your life is good. Look at somebody and tell them God's will for your life is good. Listen to me. I'm hoping that all the, all the young people in the room tonight, that you'll, that you'll just get this, meditate on it, let it become a revelation to you, that God's will for my life is good. God's will for my life is good. You know, well, well, if I really give my life to God, if I go in hot pursuit of the purposes of God, it'll separate me from certain people. And you're right, it will. Because there are certain people whose their heart for your life is not, is, their heart's really not about your life at all. They're, they're, not, they're not consumed with whether or not you, you elevate in the things of God or not. They're looking at their own life and how they can use you and how that, that fits in. And listen to me. If it separates you from people, if, if the will of God separates you from people, you, you don't, you, you don't want to cling on to what God's separating you from because God has life for you. 
Hello, somebody. God has a will for your life. Yeah, but look at what I'm going through. Everybody goes through stuff. Well, if God's a God of love, why is he allowing this to happen? I'm telling you that because of sin, all kinds of craziness has been vomited out upon the earth. But we have, but we have a God who is for us, not against us who's trying to help us, not hurt us, who's trying to lift us up, not put us down. We have a God who's on our side. And Jesus has a word for your life. And, you, you know, the enemy will point out everything that's going wrong, but, but, but if you get in the word, if you let the word begin to speak into your life, you'll understand that God has a word for your life, that all things work together for my good. That no matter what the enemy does, no matter what it looks like, feels like, smells like, tastes like, at the end, God's going to turn that thing. Out of the craziest of circumstances and out of the, the, the most difficult of situations, God has a way of making it all come together for good. Thank God that there's a word for your life. You know, don't, don't, don't let the enemy deceive you and to think that, well, that Bible, that's just a bunch of, that's just a bunch of stories and, and, and it's just a, a, a lot of old English verbiage that, that doesn't really apply to today. No, I'm t- here to, to tell you that there is life in the Word of God. Proverbs 4, he said, My son, attend unto my words and hearken to my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes, for they are life to those that find them, health and healing to all their flesh. God's Word is life. To you who find it. You know, one of the biggest uh, transformations in my life came when instead of reading the Word of God, I started receiving a word from God. And I started going into the Word of God as if God was speaking to me. And I started letting the Bible actually speak into my life. And all of a sudden, there was, a, there was like a transformational shift that took place. And things that I had heard all my life. You know, you would think that, you know, Romans 10, 17 says, for faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You'd think that being born in the family I was born in and the situation that I was in, being in church from, from the, I mean, the very first day of my existence, I, I was in church. And most, most of my life, growing up as a youngster, as a kid, you know, we didn't have a normal childhood experience. You know, my, my dad had the tents, and we traveled, and we did evangelistic meetings and all summer long, and, 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 and we had revivals. One of them lasted a year. Of course, it's, I always say that, but I have to tell the truth. We did take one day off. Been in church my whole life. You'd think that, you know, somewhere along the line, that if faith comes by hearing, that someplace that I, something would have took but about the time I was 17 years old and I'd graduated from high school and, and, you know, and I had a plan for my life. And it was getting out of here. And nothing that I had heard had any grip on me. There was no life in the word that I'd heard. But you want to know what's crazy? Is that when I finally sat down and decided, you know, I'm going to, say, I'm going to do this different. I'm going to let God's word speak to me. Everything that I heard growing up started coming back and making sense. And it started pumping life into me. And then I started looking around at all the crazy people who were sitting in church, not getting anything out of it, and thinking, oh, my God, how do you communicate to people? You're you're killing yourself. You're wasting your time. You're complaining and calling it prayer. It ain't working. You got to let God's word be life to do. I'm telling you, God's got a will, and Jesus has a word for your life. 
And he said, you know what? My sheep know my voice. And, and, and if you will embrace the will of God for your life, you can crank up the volume on his voice as he speaks to you. You know, uh, 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 you know what is it, Revelation 3.20 that says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and sup with him and he with me. And we use that, you know, to, to reach the lost. We have great salvation messages and we stand at a, you know, I can remember, uh, you know, hearing hundreds of sermons where they use that verse and they stood at an old wooden platform and, 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 and behold, Because they always did, you know, the church I went to, they always had a ha in the, after every sentence. Behold, ha. I stand at the door and knock. Going to reach a sinner tonight. Hallelujah. It's just where I grew up, man. That's, that's how you know if you're anointed or not. Because if you ain't got no huh, talk to the hand. Man, if you're a preacher, you're going to have sweat, tears, and huh. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice. Why can't I hear God? Because so many other voices are so loud in your life. Huh. Man, if you can hear it better, huh, I'll put a huh after every sentence. Huh. So many other voices have so much more authority in your life than his. We're so comfortable and so complacent and, and we're addicted to convenience. Well, if God wanted to talk to me, what, dude, the blessing of God could crawl into bed with you, kiss you on the lips, and you wouldn't recognize it. Because we're just so laid back in our pursuit of godliness. We are under the impression that Jesus died to make me happy. He came to make me safe. No, he came to make you dangerous. And he has empowered you to humiliate hell, which means you're going to have to be willing to confront it from time to time. It's real hard to be a humiliation to hell when you're always running from it. When if the temperature's too hot or the music's too loud or, 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 or the people are too mean, that, that you withdraw instead of standing your ground and realizing that God has brought me into the kingdom for such a time as this. And he has put inside of me something different than the old thing I used to be. And I'm going to lock into this new man and let this new man rise up and shine in my life. Jesus has a word for your life. I said Jesus has a word for your life. Jesus has a word for your current situation. And if you can hear his voice... He's at the door. In other words, you're at the threshold of supernatural intervention. God's participation in your situation, you're one threshold away. He's at the door of your life, and he's speaking. And it's up to you and I to attend unto his words. My son, attend unto my It's like a deer, you know, in the woods. Have you, have you ever been out when, when you saw the deer and, and you're sitting quietly watching the deer, but all of a sudden the deer just stops and prick his ears, you know, and he's, 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 he's got you. He knows right where you are. He's attending. That's attending to your voice. The sound that you just created, he, he just... 
it got his attention. God said, that's how I want you when you're listening to my word. Everything else, nothing, nothing else matters now. Nothing else matters because I'm locked in and I'm hearing him speak to me. And he's going to speak life. You know, we're, 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 we're such an easy target for the enemy. Because we can be in a situation, we can be in a situation where God's speaking. But because of our addiction to comfort, convenience, one other little thing, just a sideshow distraction will occur. And all of a sudden, we're, we're distracted from what God's been speaking, and, and we're fuzzed up about the stuff that we just noticed. God said, you know what? If you're going to get the word, it's the, I'm telling you, the, it's the knowledge of the truth. Not John like, uh, where is that? It'll come to me. In the book of John, it says, uh, it's the knowledge of the truth that will set you free. Remember? The knowledge of the truth. See, a lot, a lot of times we could ask the question, what has the power to set me free? People say, the truth. No, it's the knowledge of the truth. Truth has been around for a lot longer than you have, yet there's still many areas of bondage in your life. Why? Because of the lack of knowledge of the truth. But if you ever get a knowledge of the truth, it's the knowledge of the truth that will set you free. And so here's Jesus bringing a word to our life, but we're, we're, we don't have any knowledge of the truth. We, we, we're not embracing the, the word that he's speaking into our situation because so many other voices have our attention. You know, that's why at the beginning of the year, when, when we start off every year with 21 days of fasting and prayer, that's why it's so important to, to participate in that and, and not just wait till, till the beginning of the year, but, but actually to live a fasted lifestyle, to teach yourself to hear God. I've had people say, I, you know, people that hear God make me nervous. People that don't hear God make me nervous. You, I'm telling you, God's got a will for your life, but you can't have the will of God without the Word of God in operation. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can know the will of God. You won't know the will of God until you renew your mind. How do you renew your mind? With the Word of God. James said, if you'll receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, it'll change the way you think, the way you feel. It'll change the choices you make. It'll save your soul. But you have to, you have to, you have to embrace or, or, or receive with, with meekness. That's a teachable spirit. You have, to, you have to receive. You have to be a teachable, and you have to receive the, the, the word of God. You have to receive it. Well, you can't receive it if you can't hear it. You can't receive it if, if you won't listen to it. You can't receive it if, if, if there's too many other voices that are distracting you. You've got to silence everything. Shut up. You've got to tell the world, shut up. Jesus quoted from the Psalms. He said, out of the, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, you, you have perfected praise in John 4. He was quoting from uh, Psalms 8, where it says, Out of the mouth of bathed and sucklings, you have ordained strength to silence the enemy. Your praise has the power to silence hell. When you, when, you, when you, in any given situation, my praise doesn't silence hell in your life. Your praise doesn't silence hell in my life. My praise silences hell in my life. 
and see when the enemy, when he's got you distracted and, 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 and the natural man's tendency is to begin to be moved in a negative way toward, you know, regarding a situation. But, but the spirit man, man, if we could just learn to be led by the spirit, the spirit, the spirit man, when, when, when a negative is brought up, see, it's how you face the storm. It's not the storm that's going to hurt you. It's how you deal with the storm that's going to define you. Remember, the same weight that could throw your back out could also be used to make it stronger. So it's not the weight that hurts you, but it's how you handle the weight. So negative situations are going to come up. Guys, everybody's going to deal with some negative stuff. Nobody's all that special, like you're the only one. You don't know what I'm going through. There's other people in the room. Don't embarrass yourself. Come on, don't, don't embarrass you. Oh, how dare you. I can, I can hear it already. I'm thinking I'm going to get emails or something. How, how, how dare you? You don't know. Listen, we have families that have been through hell and back. And, and they got the joy of the Lord as their strength. You know, there, there's nothing fun about going you know, to somebody's home on a holiday because the, the man of the house has just been reported dead. It's not fun. Well, what, what, what do you do? You go in and you begin to comfort the people? No, I go in and say, okay, now here's the deal, is that Jesus came that we might have life. Zoe, Z-O-E is the Greek word there. Jesus came that we might have life as God has it. So we have more life than death, more joy than sorrow, more peace than chaos, more hope than despair, more provision than lack. We have more healing than sickness. We have more life than death. It's not the absence of death. It's just that we have access to more life than there is death. So you're in the middle of a great storm, but guess what? There's a great calm that has the power to suck up and swallow the great storm. So right now you got to make a choice. You got to make a choice. You got to make a choice and begin to demonstrate the life and not celebrate the death. And a lot of times in the middle of a bad situation, we think, well, you know, I have the right. I have the right. Okay, you can have the right to be separated from life, or you can have the wisdom to tell hell to shut up. And in a lot of our situations, we need to walk in some wisdom. We, because Why? Because we need that word that Jesus has for our life. You need to quit whining and start shining. You got the negative. Well, you, you, don't, you don't have to describe the negative. You can speak life to it instead. Well, you don't understand. Our marriage is falling apart. You can say, you know what? He who receives a wife receives a good thing from the Lord. I'm having trouble with my children. Yeah, but all my children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of my children. Yeah, but there, there's something attacking my body. Yeah, but God's word is life, health, and healing to all that find it. I will not die but live and declare the goodness of my king. Well, that faith stuff doesn't work. No, you just don't work the faith. You're going to have a hard time telling me it don't work when too many people in my world have been literally brought back to life. I mean, there's too many people sucking up oxygen in the room right now that we should have buried a long time ago. Jesus has a word for your life. Quit making excuses for yourself and press in until you hear him. The book of Luke, there's a story just a few weeks ago. We talked about it, how the, the people were pressing in to hear God. It occurred as the people pressed in to hear God. 
I'm telling you, as you press in to hear God, if you, ever, if, you, if you can receive the word that Jesus has for your life, now you can begin to see the will that God has for your life begin to unfold. See, because God has a will for your life. Jesus has the word for your life. But the Spirit, he has the way for your life. Proverbs 14, 12 says that there is a way that seems right unto man, but it ends up separating him. It says the ways, but the ways thereof are the ways of death. Death isn't dead. Death is just separation. Remember the prodigal son who, who his father, seeing him afar off, said, you know, kill the cat, the, not the cat. That's what I would say. But he said, kill the, kill the fatted calf. Well, now we know what happened to Chloe. Okay. But he's, he said, kill, kill the calf. Kill the calf. Get me, get me a robe. Give me some shoes. Bring me a ring. That's my beloved son who was dead is alive again. Well, his son hadn't been dead physically. He had been separated from his father. Well, there's a way that seems right to you, but it's going to separate you from the will of your father. Well, if it's God's will, he'll make it happen. He put you in control. I know this is going to be like an argument for some of us, but it's kind of my job to rattle the way you think. God is in control. (laughs) If God was in control, I wouldn't have to make you tithe. If God was in control, you wouldn't have any mad to get. If God was in control, man, we, we are in control. We've been given authority and dominion, power. Look at your neighbor and say, I think, I think it's your fault. Well, if it's God's will, he's going to make it happen. I, I wish that were true. Man, how I wish that was true. Isaiah 32, 18, all my, people shall be, or all my people shall dwell in a peaceful habitation, a secure dwelling, a quiet resting place. Oh, I wish God would make my house peaceful. But then we get out of bed. Can't we just go back to bed? It was nice when we were sleeping. We have to choose to produce peace. When's peace coming to my house? When you chill. You know... There are people <laughs> who are in more agreement with hell than they are with God. You, you say, well, I'll tell you what's wrong. They go, that's right. You know, it's negativity, it's easy to find somebody in agreement. Man, do a little, do a little experiment tonight on your, on your way home. Just stop down here at either one of the corner gas station things. Throw the hood up on the car. Stand out there, and as people walk by, kick it, cuss it, spit at it. 
People just walk by. They look at you a little different, but they go, mm. And they're thinking to themselves, yeah, I had a car like that one time too. <laughs> they, all, they all just kind of get it. I mean, unless you go, unless you, get, unless you just get really weird, they, just, they embrace that. That's okay. That's, yeah, yeah, that's the way it goes. But go across the street, stand outside the car, and as people walk by, just stand and talk to the car and say, man, you are the blessing of the Lord. I can't believe how good God's been to me. And they'll look at you like you're on crack. It's a lot easier to embrace death than it is to celebrate life. Don't you think it's strange in the middle of a praise and worship service how many people stand silent? Yet we know that out of the mouths of babes and sucklings, he has ordained strength to silence the enemy. I just think it's weird that while we're praising God, you're quiet. He said our praise would silence the enemy. Maybe there's something in you that just ought to squeak out something. I mean, yo, I can't sing. Oh, we know. We ain't handing you a microphone. But I'm just saying, maybe you ought to squeak out something just to distinguish yourself, friend or foe. Hello? God's will is good, but his word is needed. But his way is the only way. You don't get to live your life your way. There's a way that seems right to you, but it'll separate you from the will of God. See, God's word is powerful. He said, my word will not return unto me void without accomplishing the very purpose for which I sent it forth to accomplish. But he also said that the traditions of man have made the word of God of no effect. And what we end up doing is we end up being in, in church environments and we listen to preaching and we go to services. But without thought or study, Mark 4.24 in the Amplified says that the level of thought and study you give, the truth you hear determines the level of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. Virtue is power. A lot of people don't get any power out of God's word because they give no thought or study to the truth they hear. Just, you know, my dad used to say, just in one ear and out the other. Just all we're thinking about is, is shopping lists and Dairy Queen. I'm here as a social event. I'm building my downline. I, you know, this is, but God's got, you know, God's got a will for your life that's good. Jesus has a word that will cause that will to unfold. But the Spirit provides the way for you to have a collision with the will of God. You've got to be led by the Spirit. See, it's just, just, you know, pick, what, are those, what are those wooden doll things called that all nest inside each other? You, nesting dolls? Wow, that's deep. They should, have, they should have come up with a better name than that. That's kind of boring now. But you know, picture your nesting dolls. I just, I just want the will of God for my life. You're lying to yourself. Well, how can you say that? By the way you live. Because you can't live that way. And say you want this will. Because this will is nested inside that word. And that word is nested inside the way. If you ain't going to do it God's way, I don't care how much word you can quote. 
you're still outside the will. But you got to have it God's way. You got to do it God's way. Come on, guys. We are experiencing, not, not because we're smart, but because he's good. We're experiencing the unfolding of the purpose and plans of God. You know, we, we sat down seven or eight years ago with people, and they asked, you know, just hundreds of questions, and then they, they, they took the questions and, and, and the answers that we gave them, and, they, and they, they drew pictures, and they came back, and they gave us the pictures, and we smiled at them, and said, that's nice, and we went on with life. Some of the pictures they drew were, uh, of, of area, you know, one, one of the things that, we, that they'd asked us about and about the ministry and about our heart and about our vision and what we were hoping for. And we had always wanted kind of a, a, a you, you know, some, we want to include the outdoors. You know, we, we live in Tri-Cities. Let's, let, let's, let's, you know, let's someday, let's have a, you know, an area. And, and now when we look at the pictures that were drawn seven years ago, they drew a picture of the patio. You should see it. You should see the parking lot they drew. It's this one. It's crazy. We are are in the middle of God unfolding so many miraculous things. But a lot of people see what we have to remember is that what God's doing amongst us corporately is really a picture of what he's doing, you know, individually. And, And he's working on our lives. And we don't want anybody to miss the will of God for their life because the will for your life is good. You got, you, got to, you got to hear his word. But more than that, you got to live his way. You, you got to understand, what time is it? 7.12? Wow, I'm doing good. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. No, thank you, Todd. Sorry. I get the two of you confused. Yeah. Well, you used to be Jesus. And then you cut your hair. Oh, yeah, you lost your hair. Sorry. <laughs> Is that why you cut it? Because you thought those long strands looked weird just on one side of your head? Okay, whatever. Anyways, I digress. Um, what was I talking about? Yeah, Todd's hair. Uh, God's will, perfect. Nothing missing. Nothing lacking. God's word, powerful. Powerful. So in, our, in other words, to obtain the will of God is going to demand power that you don't have on your own. If you think, well, I, I got this, you're a fool. Um, Ephesians 4, let's, let's just read these together. It says, Oh, you know what I really want is Ephesians 5. That's good. Don't be a child tossed to and fro. But if you can get Ephesians 5 for me, um, it, I can tell you what it says, but I actually want you to read it because it's that powerful. It's going to be up there in a minute. Awake, O oh sleeper. Rise from the dead. Christ will shine. He'll make day dawn upon you. You're going to see it in a minute. You're going to, I know it's hard to believe that's actually what it says. Are we close? Close. 
Oh, it crashed. Okay. Let me just read it to you. I hope you didn't crash the entire internet. Be just my luck. Listen to this. This is, this is, from, this is from the Amplified. Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead. Christ shall shine and make day dawn upon you and give you light. So look carefully then how you walk. Live purposefully, worthily, accurately, not as unwise, witless, but as wise, sensible, intelligent people. Make the very most of time. Buy up every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish, but understand and firmly grasp what the will of the Lord is. Don't be vague. Don't be thoughtless. Don't be foolish. Let, 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 me just, let me just close with this tonight. If you will move from convenience to commitment, you won't have to be so vague. Commitment embraces clarity. Hello? So faith is very secure. So you can just make, you know, there's a difference between being arrogant and being confident. And the Bible says, don't throw away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience. For after you've done the will of God, you'll receive the promise. Patience is not the ability to wait a long time. Patience is the ability to remain unchanged regardless of time. See, and people who are vague are constantly changing. You've left room for yourself, a, a, a plan B, an escape route. You don't need one. Why? Because the will of God for my life is good. What are you doing? I'm pursuing the will of God. I have a word from God and the spirit of God who's showing me the way. So I don't have to be vague. I don't have to be thoughtless. You know, I can give thought and study to the truth I hear, which will produce power to produce results in my life. And foolish you know, don't, I think it's interesting in Amplified where it says, don't be vague, don't be thoughtless, don't be foolish. Let's let, let's let Jesus, let's let the Bible define the Bible. Jesus defined who a fool was. Remember when he said, you know, hey, the guy who built his house on the rock, and then there's the guy who built his house on the sand, and, and the storm comes. How many know the storms are coming? You can't, you can't avert the storm, but the storm comes, and the guy who, who, whose house was on the sand, it fell. The guy whose house was on the rock, it stood. But he referred to them as wise and foolish. And he said, but the fool, he heard my teaching, but he didn't obey. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, open the door. How do I open the door for God's will in my life? You obey. You do what he said. Don't be a fool. Don't think that you can do it without God that you can go ahead and just do it your way. You can't do it your way. We got to do this thing his way. We got to be led by the Spirit his way. We got to have God's word as we pursue God's will for our life. Amen? Amen. Close your book, bow your head, and let me pray for you. You know what? There's people